Hello, and welcome to another audio version of Burnt Toast. This is a newsletter where we explore questions and some answers about fat phobia, diet culture, parenting, and health. I'm Virginia Soul Smith. I'm a journalist who covers weight stigma and diet culture. I'm the author of The Eating Instinct and the forthcoming Fat Kid Phobia. And today, I'm really delighted to be chatting with Corinne Fay, who is my awesome newsletter assistant, recent addition to the team. And the founder of Sell Trade Plus, which is an amazing Instagram account where you can buy and sell plus size clothing. But plus size clothing. That's the tongue twisters I was warning you about, Corinne. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be a little tiny crumb of burnt toast. <laughs> no, a major, like if we're going to use that metaphor, a major, <laughs> like the butter or some other, um, <laughs> the peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> Very important component. Um, so yeah, I mean, you are a really crucial part of Burnt Toast behind the scenes. For folks who don't know, Corinne edits the newsletters every week. She catches my many typos and word repetitions and things like that. Um, she also, um, even more, you know, sort of crucially edits the transcript that you may well be reading right now and makes them legible and takes out all the times I say, you know, and um, um, which is really really a gift. <laughs> um, and yeah, but you also do many other amazing things. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what else you do professionally. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to share? Yeah. So um, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and my main full-time gig is doing social media for mostly Instagram, actually, for a local company, a design and manufacturing studio. Um, and our main product is like a very high-end commercial wall covering. Um, mm. It's the kind of thing that you would see in like Bank of America corporate offices or like mm -hmm. a tech company office. Um, it's made out of like merino wool felt, um, very like geometric design, sound absorbing, very a niche product. Yeah, sounds um, very interesting. Yeah, and I have no children, but I do have a very rambunctious dog named Bunny. <laughs> named um, Bunny? That's an excellent yes, name for a dog. Yes, and you may, hopefully, will not hear her barking in the background, <laughs> but it's possible. Um, and yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, I post photos of her. She's so freaking cute. She's like gray and adorable. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it greatly. Um Awesome. And you're in New Mexico, which is home of the most amazing burritos. We're going to talk about that later, but I yes. am regularly jealous of your burrito content. Yes. Um, but more importantly, so you do Sell Trade Plus, which, yeah, tell us about that. Tell us the origin story of what inspired you to, to launch this, because it is really a very crucial service in the plus size community. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I started Seltry Plus in 2018, and at the time, I was following two other Seltrade accounts on Instagram, um, and I was following them because they were selling, reselling clothes that I was interested in buying, but also could not afford, mm -hmm. um, and I, like, had post notifications on, so I'd get a little ding on my phone every time something posted. And then every time something posted, I would be, like, incredibly sad and frustrated because it was never my size. Or maybe, like, one piece out of hundreds would be, like, this might fit me. Um, and I just started thinking about how if I were shopping in real life 
at a thrift or secondhand store, I would just go to the section that was my size. Right. Um, and how like that made so much more sense to me as a way to shop. Um, so I decided that I would start an account that focused on size range first and foremost. Um, and I will also just say that when I started Sell Trade Plus in 2018, it felt like there were no like slow fashion brands or indie designers doing plus sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was also interested in like meeting other people who were interested in the same kind of stuff mm-hmm. and who wanted to chat about like which brands we could like squeeze into or like make work. Right, right. Um, yeah. And so the way the account works is basically that if you have something you want to sell, you send in an email um, and the email, like the body of the email is the text of the post. We have a little format we use with like item, size, condition, price. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you attach photos of the garment. Then eventually it sort of goes into a queue. And then mm-hmm. eventually I post it on Instagram and people who are interested um, will leave their zip codes in the comments. and then. 24 hours after the post goes up, the seller randomly selects a person to sell the the piece to. Um, and that's a little different than some other sell trade accounts. And we do it that way just so people have like a more of a window to think about like, do I want this? That's nice. Is this something I need? Yeah, the pressure of being first come, first serve, and maybe you don't actually need the thing, but you're like, I'll miss my chance. Yeah. Yeah, and like like, the 24 hours. Yeah, and so it's not always just the first person Mm -hmm. commenting. Yeah, that can get Um, a little unfair. Yeah. Yeah, and then if and when the garment sells, I take a small fee. As well, you should, because this is all the work you're doing to coordinate. That's how I keep things running. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) yep, absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's such a smart model. And I really hear you about, you know, yeah, that sort of experience of like, I just want to be able to go to my size range and cut out all that other noise. And that is so difficult to do both because like, I feel like in-person shopping has become just like increasingly not a thing for many of us for a variety of reasons. Um, And then even when you're shopping online, it's exhausting. Um, to do and yeah and then if you add in like that you are concerned about wanting more ethically produced fashion there are so few brands doing that in the plus size space still I mean there's been some improvements but not enough um so buying buying secondhand is a nice workaround for that yeah Um, yeah yeah so that's really so yeah it's very genius um thank you (laughs) I think you're I think you're doing a real service um And then in addition to sort of solving all these really practical problems for people, you know, it's also, you've been building this really lovely Instagram community. You have these great, awesome open thread posts that you do like once a week, I think, where people talk about all kinds of different things. I got advice recently on plus size underwear brands, which was very useful to me. Um, But, you know, all different topics come up. Um, So I'm curious, was that also part of your original goal, something you've kind of cultivated or did it just kind of happen that way? Yeah, um, it was definitely, I think it was part of my original goal. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, I was really looking for a place where I could connect with Mm -hmm. other people who are like a similar size, 
who were interested in like similar types of clothes Mm -hmm. so we could share info about like what brands fit us or Mm -hmm. you know what things we could make work um and yeah that's definitely become a huge part of it for me and even Mm -hmm. stuff like um fast fashion pieces that are like better than they you think they would be so like Mm. if there's some really good like target jumpsuit that's like fits plus size people and is like made out of like a nice material like it's just a good place to share info like that yes yeah um yeah and now like now I actually have a few people that I've met um through sell trade plus who live in albuquerque that i've like met in real life so that's oh that's beautiful really fun i know it's lovely i love um, when the internet turns into real life community i know <laughs> yeah and someone just did like a uh plus size clothing swap in philadelphia um that was kind of like a lot of sell trade plus people went to um yeah, so the community is definitely a big part of it for me. And um, I think, like, when I think about maybe what would be next for Trade Plus, I definitely, like, don't want to lose that yeah, element. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really special. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because I feel like, especially right now, it seems like there's a lot of, I'm noticing a lot of drama around fat fashion on Instagram, Mm. like a lot of tensions over which brands do we want to support? Which brands do we not want to support? We don't have to get into, especially because by the time (laughs) this airs, the whole conversation will change. So Uh neither of us needs to take a politically complicated stance on this, but I, I think that the tension comes from a very real place, right? Like this is a marginalized group who hasn't had enough options and emotions understandably run very high. But I appreciate that you have sort of created a space that's like positive and supportive and like, you know, has space for people to have those feelings, of course, but like is more focused on like solutions and helping each other than like some of the each other down stuff I'm seeing in other other spaces. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say we definitely have drama sometimes, but <laughs> who doesn't I mean it's also like that I feel like we're realizing now that's like the nature of social media is like yeah yeah and once you get makes it work yeah and once you start to get a little bit bigger it's inevitable because you're not talking to you know only 300 people anymore you know it's thousands of people yeah different opinions and different well I would say overall I feel like you keep a very positive tone that I appreciate Um, thank you yeah and I I feel lucky that I feel like we're like I don't know, maybe because it's closed, we're, like, not on the troll radar. Mm. Like, there's not a lot of, like, weird internet trolling. Oh, that's nice. As opposed I to know. I, best, I, like, fear that as we get bigger, that might change. Yeah. But for now. Yeah, it's probably good because you don't talk about parenting or health, which I can <laughs> say from experience are two very troll-heavy subjects. Yeah. Um, especially if you intersect them with weight. Yeah. Um, a lot of my life choices I have to question. When I, oh God, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's fine. It's it's all part of the gig and it's a fraction of what I deal with. Honestly, like I mostly get really positive interactions with people, but it is a part of the job. Um, yes, for sure. So I'm glad you can protect yourself from that to some extent. Um, but yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about fat fashion. I mean, you, you know, one sort of Obviously, Sell Trade Plus, like, I've seen really beautiful pieces go up there. It's a really interesting range, like, 
there's great clothes, but you're also seeing ostensibly things that haven't worked for people, right? Like that's why they're passing them on. Um, so I'm curious if you've kind of identified any themes, like are there certain brands where the sizing's really inconsistent so they don't work out for people? Are there certain types of garments that, you know, you're like, we've had so many jumpsuits or whatever um, coming through because these are the sort of real problem areas in fat fashion. Yeah, um, this is definitely something I can talk about for hours. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the number one biggest thing that just always comes up over and over again is sizing. Um, I think when brands decide they're going to start making plus sizes, a lot of times it feels like they just go for it without doing any research, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I know can't be true, but... Um, so sometimes there's like a whole different sizing scale where like you think you're ordering a three X, but it's actually the equivalent of like a standard plus size 18. Yes, Yes. Um, and then often there's like huge issues with pattern grading. Um, so it's kind of pattern grading is really complicated, but basically when an item of clothing is designed, they design like one base size and then grade that up and grade it down from there. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that when you grade up or down, eventually the pattern is going to become distorted. Right. So right. a lot of times if a, bland, if a brand does like size zero to 12 and wants to expand to a size 26, they have to create a whole new pattern. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do that, the kind of like typical problems you see are things like the upper arm is too tight. Mm-hmm. Like the sleeve is too tight. The mm-hmm. ankle is like weirdly big. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it turns out like ankles don't get fat at the same rate as like butts. Yes. Um, yes. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, or like things being like both too long and too short. <laughs> Anyways, it's like the problem where you're trying to like linear, linearly make a piece of clothing bigger. And that's just not how like fatness and bodies work. Right. 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 Um, so that, I feel like that's the number one problem. And there's some brands that it's just so obvious, like they haven't done the grading right. Yeah. Um, but this question also made me think about like, I feel like there's certain fabrics that are just really hard to get right. Like linen pants where mm-hmm. like you're going to wear out the thighs really fast if your thighs rub together or mm-hmm. if they're like a little bit tight, they're going to just wear out really fast. And then like non-stretch stuff, like, cotton denim Mm -hmm. or canvas it can just be like uncomfortable sometimes or like because there's so much variance in like how large bodies carry weight it's like just so hard to get the fit right sometimes yeah you know it was interesting when I was doing my jeans research um people kept saying, cause I kept complaining that the jeans were stretching out so fast and everyone kept saying to me, or a lot of people were saying like, you need non-stretch denim, you need non-stretch denim. And I was like, I mean, maybe, but also that in plus sizes is a very hard to find, like not yes. a lot of brands do it. And B like, if that doesn't work, that's going to feel miserable on my body. Like that feels yeah. like you're wearing a suit of armor. Yeah. And it, yeah. that's exactly, it, it, exactly right. And it, it feels like with the 100% cotton denim, it's like you either have to like stretch it out. So like you're wearing it while it's like incredibly uncomfortable, <laughs> which is also like really triggering for some people. Yeah, yeah. Or like if it fits, then you might, I, I don't know. I had a pair that I just like ripped bending over because like, 
yeah. they don't stretch, you know, they don't stretch, they don't move <laughs> yeah. with your body. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's uh, a good point about it being triggering for folks like clothes, not fitting is a really emotional thing. for. Yeah. Lot. And it just feels like for people that already struggle with like feeling comfortable in your body. Yeah. It doesn't, it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. um, and then, yeah, just a couple of other things I was going to mention were, I think also like now that we live in this like post still ongoing pandemic, there's a lot of like styles that just aren't selling right now. Like kind of mm. like business casual stuff, yeah. like, like Ann Taylor lofty blazery blousey stuff, yeah. um, which may just change when people go back to the office or mm. like, who knows, maybe the world has changed forever. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that kind of is consistently a hard sell is shoes. I think they're just really hard to buy online, especially mm. if you can't return them. Yeah, that's fair. Because if shoes don't fit, there's like no faking it. Like you're just no, you can't. You, no one's gonna tell you to stretch out the shoe, or yeah. maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's not gonna work if anyone told you that. It never happened. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the business casual stuff totally makes sense that you would be seeing more of that right now. Um, yeah. yeah, the sizing thing is so, so tricky. Yeah, um, it makes sense. And that's why I think this is such a smart resource, because at least like, you know, I mean, I had an experience recently, I ordered two jumpsuits, I'll just say it was from Big Bud, I'll call them out. <laughs> and I mean, the sizing was atrocious, like we looked at the measurements, like I measured myself, we used the chart. And they still like couldn't get them up over my hips. And then to return them, I had to send an email within 14 days of purchase and like get blessed to return, which is a lot of hassle. And I did manage to get them in under the wire and get my money back. But the whole time I was thinking like, well, at least I could maybe post them if I can't because this is so stressful. Um, That's like exactly what I'm talking about too. It's like the, yeah, the sizing is just, whack (laughs) it makes no sense yeah and it's very frustrating so it's great to have this alternative option if you get screwed on returns which unfortunately happens a lot so yeah yeah. um I'm curious too to hear you know because you're also seeing like what trends people are really responding to and getting excited about so like what kinds of items are like gold on sell trade plus like if you get that you're like oh this will go fast we'll get a million people you know yeah um the most popular posts are uh, like the ones that have just dozens and dozens of people interested in them are often the most colorful stuff, mm. um, which I think is so interesting. Like a pair of like Lucy and Yak overalls with like a bright floral pattern or like the nor black nor white dress with like the rainbowy plaid mm-hmm. um, or even like a sweatshirt from Target. That's just like a really good shade. Mm-hmm. Um those items are just the most consistently popular across brands, across sizes. Um, but I, I feel like this kind of gets back to the last question where it's like, I feel like fat people have just been told like, wear a black sweater. Yep. yep, yep. Um, and either because everyone like already has 25 black sweaters or because <laughs> it's not as hard to find like sometimes, or even just because like it doesn't stand out in the grid as much. I think sometimes that stuff, is a little bit of a harder sell, even when yeah. it's like a popular brand. Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. The colorful stuff really like gets people, I think. 
That makes sense. I mean, I think you're right. I think it is speaking to like a craving a lot of people have, but yeah. then also it's like the Instagram, you know, you're working within the Instagram model too. It's like what's yeah. going to pop when people are scrolling. So yeah. And then, um, like, personally, I will say I'm always really excited to see larger sizes just Mm because they're um, less common, like size 24 and up. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, we just don't get as much of that. And also, that's more like my size range. So I'm I'm always (laughs) excited to see that personally. Um, But yeah, I, I, um, I'm way less picky with like the larger size stuff I take and way more picky with the smaller sizes. That totally makes sense. I mean, the smaller sizes have more options, period. Yeah. So, yeah, that completely makes sense. Um, yeah, well, I have a couple of things I think I have to send you soon. I have a very sad story about a Tanya Taylor dress I bought oh. for my sister's wedding and it was fine. I ended up with a different dress for the wedding. The wedding was great, but I missed the return window and Tanya Taylor dresses are an investment. So, yeah. um, but it's a really cool dress. I think it will be fabulous for somebody. So, um, I will get some pictures and yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's see what Great. happens. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah. And if you need, if you need, um, big bub press sizing advice, I may be able to help you. <laughs> I don't know. I was, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. I'm like, I have to, I have to like have some distance before I'm ready to try again, yeah. you know? Cause I, I was just, I understand that. Um, yeah, I that's mean, definitely a brand that shows up a lot, not to yeah. call anyone out, but yeah. no, it's, and it's frustrating because there's a lot to love about what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, if you want to support a small brand and all that, like if they check all those boxes, but um, yeah, I don't feel like they're doing the best job with their size chart. So maybe they'll improve. Um, yeah, they have been improving. I don't know when you ordered or which item, but they're ordered, they're kind of like improving garment by garment. So it's hard to yeah, yeah. Keep track right. of whether you're in the new sizing or the old sizing. Right. Okay. That's encouraging. To hear. So yes. We'll try them again down the road, I guess. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's also getting cold here and like too cold for jumpsuits. So that's mm. another reason to be on hold. Um, yeah. So, all right. So now we will do recommendations. So this is where we each recommend something we're loving lately. So Corinne, what do you have for us? Okay. Well, this is very niche. Um, but I'm hoping it's something everyone can appreciate in some way. But um, I live in New Mexico and breakfast burritos are just like a huge thing here. Uh, I'm from the East Coast originally and uh, like breakfast burrito, I feel like breakfast burritos have like a culture here. Mm. Um, like there's just, there's tons of places in Albuquerque where you can go and get like a drive through breakfast burrito. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe most listeners won't be able to do that but maybe if you can't get a drive through breakfast burrito you can make one just make sure it has green chili or red chili on it um I I feel like I want to plan a trip to Mexico to New Mexico kind of solely based around the breakfast burritos because whenever you post one I'm just like filled with sadness that I live in the Hudson Valley um, where we have really good Mexican food but we do not have breakfast burritos like that yeah it's such a like specific thing um and I just I I didn't like understand it until I lived here, but, um, so have a, have a breakfast burrito. And if you need some inspiration, um, you can look at my personal Instagram where I do post a lot of breakfast burrito <laughs> pictures. It's it's very impressive and inspiring. I, I should make them. You're right. But one of my kids would really go for them. And one of my kids would eat the tortilla. So fine. She's covered. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that's all right. You're inspiring me. And I feel like they're also not just for breakfast. Like I can make this for dinner. Oh um, yeah. They're really, they're good for every meal. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they have <laughs> eggs in them. That's what makes them the breakfast, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> just an egg burrito, which sounds sort of gross. So I can see why they've branded it differently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, excellent. Well, that is a very good recommendation. Um, I am actually going to recommend two things. Um, I was brainstorming right before we started. The first is a novel called Detransition Baby by Tori Peters, which is out in paperback. So a lot of people may have already read it, but I just got to it. And it's a really like, it's it's a hard read at times, but it's a really beautiful book about the trans community in New York City and what happens like in this relationship when um, it's two trans women and one of them detransitions, like goes back to living as a man, even though he slash she pronouns change frequently through the book, um, doesn't, doesn't identify as, as a man either. And so that whole journey is really fraught for both of them. Um, and it really takes you into that community in New York city and sort of the history of the community and how, um, folks in the trans community have like had to be each other's parents and look out for each other sort of across generations. Um, I so, also just read this and I, oh, really? <laughs> I also endorse it so good. This is a double recommendation. I haven't yeah. read this yet. This is very I listened exciting. to it. So I'll say that the audio Ooh, book is also really is it good. A good. I could see it being yeah. a really good listen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it was great. I'm kind of dying for it to be a movie. Um, mm. I feel like it would be a really amazing movie. Um, so yeah, us, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like really, it's when you keep thinking about afterwards. Like, Definitely. It has stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really great. And then, semi they're not really related I don't know why I'm recommending them both together except that they both take place in New York City so there you go that's how my brain paired these things but last week we just watched the movie um can I now I have to google it um Melissa McCarthy can I never forgive you can I ever forgive you yeah can you ever forgive me there we go um (laughs) it's uh starring Melissa McCarthy um and it is I completely missed it because it came out in 2018 and I had a baby in 2017. So I have cultural black spots related to the years my children were little. Um, but I'm a longtime Melissa McCarthy fan and it's a serious film, but you know, it's Melissa McCarthy. So there's humor to it. Um, and she plays Lee Israel, who was a queer writer in the nineties who couldn't kind of make a living as an artist at all in New York City and ended up becoming a literary forger and forging letters by Dorothy Parker and all these other Noel Coward and people and selling them. And it kind of follows her whole journey of doing that and getting caught and all of that. I'm not spoiling anything. It's a real thing. So, you know, she got caught. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like just another movie that's like this, it takes you into this little community in New York, her friendships, her life, and I love it because I do think it's this type of story that we would not remember necessarily. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's like her narrative is not one that gets told often. And it was really, yeah, it was another one I just kind of keep thinking about. So um, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, Corinne, thank you so much. This was a really great conversation. I'm so glad to be able to share Cell Trade Plus with Burnt Toast folks who haven't already discovered it. Um, so yeah, tell us where we can find more of you and more of your work. Okay, great. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, you can find Cell Trade Plus on Instagram at Cell Trade Plus, no spaces <laughs> or underscores. 
Um, you can find my, my personal account where I'm posting breakfast burritos at selfie fay, uh, S E L F I E F A Y. Um, no spaces or underscores. And, um, those are the best places to find me. Awesome. And of course we will link to everything in the transcript. And I think we should also link to like when we were talking about the different clothing items, like link to mm. some of that stuff too. So folks can see what you've got over there. Um, okay. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us and thank you to everyone else for listening to Burnt Toast today. If you like this episode and you aren't yet subscribed, please do that. If you are a subscriber, thank you for being here. And please consider sharing Burnt Toast on social media or forwarding this to a friend, maybe a friend who is shopping for clothes. This would be a good one. Um, Burnt Toast transcripts and essays are edited and formatted by Corinne, who's doing an amazing job. Um, our logo is by Deanna Lowe, and I'm Virginia Soul Smith. You can find more of me at virginiasoulsmith.com. Or on Instagram and Twitter, I am at the underscore soulsmith. So thanks for listening and talk to you soon.